Hello and welcome to Run the Table. It is Pick'em Time Week 2. Got the pick show back again. We got a packed slate of games here for Week 1. Packed. Downright packed. It's so nice to finally get into the real college football slate. You know what I mean? I do. Exactly what you mean. Because you're a Week 0 hater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How you doing over it? I'm doing really good. Excited to make some picks in some big games. And God knows... If you look at my record last year, as far as big games goes, I was pretty much. I don't know if we had. I don't know if we had a big games tracker though. Yeah, but like, if you just like see how bad I was doing in the locks, and then how good I was doing <laughs> in the big games, it was yeah, unbelievable. I guess that's true. So normally, um, normally we're gonna have. Oh, you got the headphones on wrong. That's a little embarrassing. So normally, what we would do is recap the previous week, the records and stuff. The previous week isn't technically over, Did they look right? The headphones. Uh yeah, you're, okay. uh no, you're actually backwards now. Backwards? Wait, yeah. I, so I had it right the first time. Yeah, Denmark. Yeah, it has a little L and an R for left and right. Oh yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, you were you were right the first time. I don't know why you changed. So we would recap the records. Um, we only picked you picked two. I picked two. Mike picked three last weekend. Yeah, because of his luck. Yep, because of his luck, he went one and two. I'm one and one currently. You're two and zero. Oh. <laughs> we got three games left. Still my lock. Still your lock. And I believe my underdog. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, um, when does when do Illinois and Indiana play? Um, they play Friday. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it'll be right before I that. didn't realize they were coming off a short rest. Indeed. Oof. Okay. What, was, what was my underdog? Can't remember. Shoot, I should have known that. Oh, Colorado. Boom. Colorado. That's so also that'll be Friday. coming up, too. So, yeah, um, this will be posted Friday morning. So, hopefully, I'm... Two and one, and you're also two and uh, yeah, two and one, and my underdog doesn't hit. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, well see. I thought Colorado. I thought that was a Friday. Oh yeah, maybe that is. I a think Friday Tennessee's a okay. Friday too. I'm not sure when Tennessee is, but maybe three and uh, maybe I'm three and one going into uh, Friday with ODU Virginia Tech. I think Michigan State might actually be. Uh, That's a Friday game. Yeah, I think it might be a Friday night game. So that at is. best, I'm still going to be two and zero. Oh. Right? Well, not uh, if Purdue, Penn State, not if yeah. So hope you're two and one. Purdue wins, Pitt loses. Then it would be three and one because they already have two wins. Oh, so you would be three and one, yeah? Because yeah. we we picked two games that night. Yeah, on Thursday night, tomorrow night, last night. <laughs> Mind bender. <laughs> so <laughs> so here are the games we got. We got number eleven Oregon facing off against number three Georgia, number twenty three Cincinnati against number nineteen Arkansas. Number seven, Utah traveling to the Swamp, playing Florida. Number five, Notre Dame against number two, Ohio State. And then an interesting one, a uh, battle of unranked teams, Florida State at LSU. And then we got our locks and our underdogs. So you want to you wanna just hop right in? Absolutely. So game number one, 330 kick. So if you're uh, interested in how Cade McNamara is going to do in the Michigan QB battle, uh, Colorado State, Michigan, 12 o'clock. On before any of these games happen. 12 o'clock sharp, folks. So 3.30, the first kick, I believe this one's on ABC. Yep, um, absolutely. It's on at the same time as Cincinnati, Arkansas, so you do have to uh, worry about that. I don't remember when Utah, Florida's on, though. Number 11, Oregon. 17-point dog facing the number three team in the nation. The Bulldogs coming off of the national championship win against Alabama. This is their first test since then. Dan Lanny. Traveling back to Georgia in his first ever uh, game as the Oregon head coach. Bo Nix just named the starter for the Ducks out of Eugene. So what are you, what are you, what are you feeling with this one? Give me, give me your 
Your this pick. is an interesting one. Uh, this is one of those lines. It's such a cliche Vegas line. It's we triple dog dare you to pick against Georgia. Should I look and see if the lines have updated? Because I haven't looked since oh, I yeah, made sure. this. But the line is 17 right now. And like I said, cliche Vegas line. We are going to we are going to quadruple dog dare you to take the underdog, take Oregon, bet against Georgia. Uh, it, that, that number looks so enticing. But you know that Georgia is one of the teams to beat. Ohio State, that's the exact same way. We saw this line last year on the Alabama-Miami game, and I fell victim to it. I absolutely did. I was like, that's too many points. I can't just sit idly by and not take those points with the number, you know, whatever team it was. Probably like 15, 16, I think. Yeah. Um, No, that was 14 and a half. Okay. Still around that number. Uh, So these huge numbers they throw at you, and they're like, hey, we triple-dug. There you go to pick against Georgia. And guess what? I'm taking the bait. And if it and if it burns me, it burns me. But uh, I'm taking Oregon. Listen, Georgia replaced so, or has to replace so many starters on defense. It's one of the best defenses in the country. And quite frankly, that offense, losing George Pickens, Stetson Bennett isn't the best player in the world. The offense was Hey, yo! Hey, yo! Stetson Bennett was never this all-time player. Quite honestly, their offense didn't put up that many points last year. So it's like all I'm really needing is Oregon to score 14, 17 points, something like that against a completely revamped defense, which is albeit talented, but like I said, completely revamped. Um, And then to make... Make matters better. I get Dan Lanning, who probably knows all of you know Kirby Smart's trade secrets, given the fact that he was you know a disciple of Kirby Smart. So I mean, I think this kind of sets up well. I get it's in Atlanta. I get Georgia's the defending national champion. I get Oregon has some question marks without Mario Cristobal, but at the end of the day, I think Bo Nix. Like when you look at his stats last year, he wasn't terrible, not at all. He was yeah. a an above average FBS starter. Not great. Not what Auburn probably thought he was going to be a few years ago, but he can, at the very least, put up some points. Yeah. And by the way, you know, he beat Oregon his first game. Maybe his first game with Oregon, he beats Georgia. That would be crazy. I don't think so. I think um, Georgia wins by like seven. <laughs> Mike is not here, but Mike went with Oregon. Um, I'm also going to go with Oregon, so we got a, a sweep there for the Ducks. Um, like you mentioned, 17 points. I actually picked Alabama um, during that Alabama-Miami game. I just knew Miami were frauds. I, I, there's something about that that team that just didn't live up to the hype, and I, I was able to see through it in week one. I I can't see the, the fraudulent marker on Oregon. I think they're going to be a good team again. Um, I, in terms of where they rank in the Pac-12, probably the third best team. And so what you're asking is, can the third best team from the Pac-12, how can they stack up against the third best team in the SEC? Because I'm a, I'm a Tennessee guy this year, so I have to... Mm. I, I mean, I picked them, so I have to. I have to make them the second stick best. To your guns, I stick to my right? guns, um, even though that might not be true right now. Um, Probably isn't, but <laughs> <laughs> but seventeen points is is just too many. I could see I could see Georgia winning by thirteen and twelve in that range, fourteen even. Um, this Oregon defense isn't bad. Uh, they're actually a pretty solid defense. Noah Sewell, one of the best linebackers in the in, in the country. Justin Flo as well. Um, it's just. It just is. He needs to stay healthy, though. That's number one. It just is a really good cohesive unit that you know. If this Georgia offense struggles, like they might, they got one of the like best. They did last year, week one, by the exactly. way, ten to three, no offensive I, touchdowns. I don't think Clemson is is 
or I don't think or this Oregon defense is as, as good as Absolutely that Clemson not. defense. No. Um, this Georgia team's got one of the best weapons in the country in Brock Bowers. Um, we saw what he was able to do against Michigan. Uh, but he's a tight end. Yeah, That's I know. I but, about it. Okay. <laughs> I can't argue that logic. I mean, he is a tight end. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think that Bo Nix is going to be able to do enough. I'm not too familiar with the rest of that offense because Travis Dye transferred to, uh, was it USC? Oh, shoot. Where did he? he yeah, somewhere. I, I thought I, don't, I, I don't he, he went to another Pac 12 school. Yeah. And, yeah. and he was the running back. They get CJ Verdell back from injury. That's going to be huge. But it's going to be interesting to see what kind of uh, a shape he's in. I Was it ACL? Coming off the ACL tear. Um, it, it's just going to be an interesting game. 17 is a little too much for me um, in this scenario. We got another uh, a line of 17 that, that we'll get into a little bit later, but I feel more confident about this pick than I do the other one. I'll just say that. So a sweep for Oregon. Now we got Cincinnati, number 23 team, traveling to Fayetteville, the number 19 team, Razorbacks, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, this, uh, man, I, I really didn't want to take Arkansas here. They're six and a half point favorite. That's not a bad number at all for Cincinnati to potentially cover. I'm thinking my other two are both taking the favorite here. And, you know, this could be such an easy, just take the underdog and, you know, hope for a low scoring, ugly game. And I get one on both of them, but I just can't do it. Cincinnati's replacing so much offensively and realistically that, that offense wasn't as good as a lot of people made it out to be. And not only that, they're replacing their three best players on offense. You're losing Jerome Ford, Alec Pierce, Desmond Ritter, and then defensively, it is literally everyone. Kobe Bryant, Sauce Gardner, my Jay Sanders. It's like, who do you have left over? Pretty much nobody. Um, so it, it's, too, it's too difficult. And not only that, you're replacing a coach. You know, oh, no, they're not. No, they're not. Fickle State. Fickle's still there, yeah. Um, but you're going into a tough place. Arkansas, we know how they did in the non-conference last year. I guess technically they are replacing a coach. OC or DC? Did Marcus Freeman leave? He left, I think, the year before. The year before, that's right. Because um, then they went in and beat Notre Dame. That was the, yeah. big, that was the big thing. Um, but, yeah, this Arkansas team, we know how good they are at home. We know how good they are in non-conference at home, especially beat the piss out of Texas last year. Texas, Texas had all sorts of momentum. So. They were, um, and obviously that coach is really good. KJ Jefferson's coming back. Love KJ Jefferson. They're going to be, you know, a really good team this year, and they're playing at home against the Cincinnati team, who has a lot of question marks after a bunch of their best players left. I think Arkansas. I, it's just too. High of a chance that Arkansas wins this game by 10 or 14 or 17 and really just smokes Cincinnati. I could yep. absolutely see that. Yep. I thought this line would be 9.5, and, and if that were the case, I probably would have taken Cincinnati. But as it is, you can't go away, you can't go away from Arkansas right here. Yep. Uh, Mike's also going to go with Arkansas, as am I, another sweep. And to be quite honest with you, this is, this is one of those games where it's like the line could get you either way. Um but if you look at teams' additions, team subtractions, uh, the big name that the, the Razorbacks lost was Traylon Burks um, offensively. But they keep the quarterback, and, and, and K.J. Jefferson showed flashes last season of being a top 15 quarterback in FBS uh, football. I mean, he was legit. Uh, it's whether or not he can carry and improve on that this season that, that really, I mean, at that point, the sky's the limit for Arkansas. I should say Alabama's the limit for Arkansas. They're not going to beat Alabama. Um, but they could be the second best team, uh, the second best team in the West in the SEC West. I, 
I fully can see that happening. Sam Pittman has done a fantastic job turning around that program. Uh, and you mentioned it with Cincinnati. They just lose way too many people. Um, I, I love Luke Fickle. And, and maybe Cincinnati surprises me, but but it's tough to reload as a group of five team. We've seen it so many times with, with Houston because the coach decides to leave. Now, Fickle stayed, which is nice. And they're eventually making the move to the Big 12. But right now, they're still a group of five team. And yep. and I just think it's going to be tough for them. They just don't have the guys. Exactly. They, they, they don't. Other teams do they, had one of, they had one of the most talented teams in college football last season, which for a group of five team is, is basically unheard of. You, yep. you don't see it happening. And so it was lightning in a bottle. Everything went right, right for them last year. Um, and I'm not saying they didn't deserve it because they absolutely did. But to do that in back-to-back seasons or, or to compete with a team like Arkansas – uh, this season, I think it's going to be extremely tough to do. So give me Arkansas minus six and a half. Um, I think they win by 10 points. So Next game, Utah-Florida. Next game, the number seven Utes. Three-point favorites in the swamp. In the swamp. Um, this is a really interesting game. Utah going to Florida. Seventh-ranked team in the country, Utah. Only three-point favorites at Florida. It makes sense. Florida's an SEC team. They're playing at home. It's a night game. Utah doesn't have a lot of respect because they've never made a college football playoff. I, I guess Florida hasn't either. But, you know, Utah has the chip on their shoulder. They're not the perennial powerhouse. They're in the Pac-12. Kyle Whittingham's doing a great job top over five there. Coach, top five coach in college football. I would say top 25. I would. That's what I would say. I would say top 25. But I'm just saying. No. Um, <laughs> but all that being said, how do you not go with Utah here? Florida Loses their head coach midway through the season. Yeah. Overall, we're a pretty much terrible team last year. And you hate Billy Napier. And I don't hate Billy Napier. You don't right? hate him. And um, lost in the Gasparilla Bowl to, to UCF. I mean, it was an yeah. ugly season for Florida. Obviously, they have Anthony Richardson Jr. this year, and everyone's going to go crazy about that. He's a highly touted prospect, could be a great quarterback. But last year, it was a whole lot of meh. Yeah, you know what I mean. Listen, I'm going to get out in front of it. I think a lot of that um, was Dan Mullen. I mean, you see what uh, would he had Damian Pierce on his team, and Damian Pierce was a fourth or fifth round pick, and he's going to be running RB one for the Texans this season. He didn't use the pieces like he should have, and it's pretty apparent once they get to the NFL level. And it's like, oh, this guy Kadarius Tony was he? He was a Florida guy. Oh well, he gets to the NFL, and all of a sudden he's he's fantastic, and so. I just want to throw that out there before. I would give you a little bit of pushback, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. Um, yeah, I love Utah, especially at this number. I thought it would be seven, seven and a half, something like that for the number seven team coming into a team. Like if, if this Florida team was like an eight and four team, yeah. this, this line would make sense. But they were six and seven last year. I mean, they weren't they weren't that good. No, um, Utah. Obviously, we talked about it on our predictions show. They have. So many guys from last year's team brought back so many starters. The offense is going to be really good this year. I think this could be a high-scoring game, and Utah could win by 14 or 17. Uh, Mike went with Utah, too, so we got three straight sweeps to start it out. And I, I have to agree with you here, Obert. Um, obviously, I'm a Utah guy. I have them winning the Pac-12. I have them going undefeated and making the college football playoff. And, and so it starts here. This would be a great out-of-conference out um, uh, road win, especially uh, for their resume come that time if they are still undefeated and, and in the hunt there. But like you said, three points with Kyle Whittingham. I mean, when you go back and look at Utah's out-of-conference, outside of the BYU game last year, which Cam Rising didn't start that game, so I, I just want to say that, 
Kyle Whittingham's teams are phenomenal in out-of-conference games when it's early in the season because he's just a better coach more times than not. And you saw it in, in Jimmy H's very first game, Utah just stumped Michigan. I think they won that game by nine points. It was it was a beatdown. That's what I that's what I imagine here. First year head coach. Beatdown. Come on. I mean, in terms of it was it, Michigan just wasn't able to move the ball. That's true. Defensively, they were fantastic. Because, yeah. I mean, Michigan defenses between 2015 and, and 2018 were yeah, phenomenal. That's true. Um, Billy Napier, I love him. I think he's a great. I think he's a great head coach. Um, he brought some guys over from Louisiana. We'll see if that translates, but I'm going to take the experienced guy over the first, uh, the guy who's coaching his first ever game at the Power Five level. It just what are we it, doing? It is what it is. I mean, Jimmy H already had had he had NFL coaching experience. He had Power Five coaching experience. It, it takes a while to get your guys in there to get your system in. It's just not something that happens overnight, uh, especially at a program like Florida who has been struggling. So oh, give me the Utes, and I think you said it. It's a double digit win for him. Notre Dame at Ohio State. Number five versus number two. Traveling to the shoe, the Fighting Irish are 17-point dogs. How about it? Uh, probably the biggest game of the day, quite honestly. Uh, top five is matchup. It, is it 7.30? 7.30 ABC, 7:30, Saturday yeah. Night Football. Um, one of Ohio State's only night games of the year, I'm sure. Um, it, just an absolutely huge game. Probably one of the last. Utah-Florida on at 7 on ESPN. Yeah, one of the last premier uh, Ohio State or Big Ten football games in general, non-conference-wise, on ABC. That's true, because it'll make the move to CBS. So that'll be kind of interesting. Um, but having said that... Also one of the few times that Notre Dame won't play NBC, NBC this year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess all the road games, all like three of them. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, going to Ohio State, once again, I said this earlier about the Georgia-Oregon line. This is the classic... You know, Vegas saying, you really want to pick Ohio State? Okay, here you go. Eat 17 points, all right? Just <laughs> swallow 17 points. If you want to take Ohio State, you think they're really good, prove it. Let's see how good you think they are. Take 17 points, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do yeah. it. I get they're a great team. I think they'll, they'll you know, I, I, I predicted them to win the Big Ten. You know what I mean? I yep. said, said, hey, listen, this team is way too good offensively and defensively. They're only going to get better. But let me tell you something, folks. This Notre Dame team, at least defensively, was fantastic last year, and they are going to be one of the best units in college football this year. They only lost Kyle Hamilton. That's exactly right. All of their defenders from last year's you know, team, which, once again, was one of the best in college football, they're bringing back. This yep. defense will be absolutely fantastic. Like Notre Dame teams in the past, they're good in the trenches. The O-line's going to be good again this year. So I think, yes, I get Ohio State's offense is fantastic, but we've seen teams at the very least contain them, you know, and not let them go for 100 points. Nebraska did it. Michigan did it. Um, Penn State kind of even did it for the most part. Oregon absolutely did it in the non-conference, not to mention Ohio State's poor track record in non-conference games, especially at home. Um, this early in the season, they tend to struggle. Yep. I mean, even last year in the Minnesota game, we mm-hmm. saw it. Yep. They were a little bit sluggish First week of the year. C.J. Stroud. I think they only couldn't. won by 13, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was a, it was a push. It, it was, was a push, yeah, that's right. The first year that we picked <laughs> was a push. It's actually crazy, but um, yeah. And I think, again, 17, it's just a huge number. I get Ohio State's a really good team this year. They'll probably win the Big Ten. They'll probably win this game. I don't see a way where Notre Dame can't keep this within 7, 10, 14 points. We saw Marcus Freeman 
you know, as a DC last year, he was fantastic. That continues. This will be a low-scoring game for Notre Dame, and they lose 28-17, And Mike is obviously going to go with Ohio State here. I mean, he's an Ohio State guy. It is what it is. I had trouble picking this one because 17 is a very feasible number for Ohio State to get a lead out to. We could see a scenario where they score 49 points and and win 49 to 24. Absolutely. (laughs) It could very well happen, and, and we'll end up, we'll sit there and we'll be like, in the Rose Bowl well, last year, part of it, they just score so so quickly. Exactly, they that's get what so it is. Possessions. But if you remember, Marcus Freeman actually does have a head coaching game under his belt. They didn't win, which wasn't great. Which you know, hey, it, it wasn't it wasn't what you wanted to do because they blew the second half lead. But the fact that they had a lead against that Oklahoma State team that, that was, was that close to making the it, college football playoff, literally, literally that literally. close for making the CFP, that close. It's a really impressive feat, and obviously this Ohio State team is better than that Oklahoma State team, but they've had a whole offseason to to kind of figure out what went wrong in that. Uh, um, obviously, they lose Jack Cohn. Uh, that's a pretty big loss, uh, just <laughs> considering he started every single game oh, for them. Um, he's not very good. <laughs> that's, that's what that, he, he got caught. Buds. He got caught, by the way. From the Colts, I think it was the Colts roster. That. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he just wasn't a very good uh, uh, QB, but... At the same time, you know, I just, 17 is too much. I just, I can't take it when you have the number two team playing the number five team. And I told, I told Bryce this earlier. I was like, I can't take the part of the, I will pick this game until I go to my grave. I will, I will die picking this sort of game. This huge underdog that also happens to be one of the top 10, 15 teams in the country. Yeah. Only, and why do I take it every single time? Listen, I might not be right. But at the end of the day, if I'm wrong, it is so bad for college football. <laughs> if the number five ranked team in the country is 30 points worse than the number two team, man, college football is in a world of hurt. And and I don't think Notre Dame's the number five team this I season. Either, by the way. I think they're vastly overrated um, in terms of where they're ranked uh, in the AP poll this season. Um, Ohio State is two, and there's no question about it. They are the second best team in the country. Uh, um, with that being said, though, 17 points. I think this. I think Marcus Freeman is going to have this team playing a gritty style of football that keeps games close. They might not win all of them, um, but it's going to keep the games close, low scoring, and ultimately that's going to favor you know smaller spreads. And it's seventeen points week one. We saw this Ohio State team early in the season last year. Defensively, they're still going to have holes because because Jim, Jim Knowles just got there, and it's like. And it's not that talented. Of, well, it it is, but it at the end of the talent, day, it has talent. But it was it was ugly last year. Yes, let's it not was. let's. I mean, look at the Utah game. But they're going to put up a lot of points. And the so Michigan the, game. The, the the thing is, is can can the Fighting Irish keep Ohio State to thirty five or less? Yep, I was about and, to say. and stay. You know, obviously within that within that range. If they can if they can keep this game thirty five twenty one, that's good. Yeah, and I think they can. and I think they will. Let's cross our fingers and hope so. Okay, final game before we get to the locks and underdogs. We got Florida State traveling to Death Valley, LSU, three point favorite at home. This is the weirder Power Five matchup with neither team ranked. Um, Absolutely, it's a weird one. Both both programs struggling a little bit. Um, one Two with a new huge brands, one with a way. new head coach, Brian Kelly, making his first appearance for the Tigers. Uh, Florida State still has Mike Norvell, who has been struggling. Uh, he's looking to turn it around. Who you got? I have LSU winning this game 
And I think by about 10, 14, 17, Whoa. something like that. Sounds Whoa. crazy. I Ooh. know. Florida State looked great in week zero. And I think playing in week zero really helps them. It's because you're a huge Keishon Booty fan, isn't it? Keishon Booty, their wide receiver, projected top five pick in the draft. I thought you said he was overrated. I hadn't heard of him because he didn't play last year with the ankle injury. <laughs> yeah. So it is what it is. But at the end of the day, projected top five pick. All their other wide receivers that they had on that team last year coming back. Yep. They were all young players. Uh, quarterback, still kind of weird. Don't really know what they're going to do. Um, <laughs> As typical Brian Kelly fashion. Exactly. Defensively, they got about five or six transfers, highly touted yep. transfers, to immediately come in and be impact players on that defense. That will help them a lot. And at the end of the day, you've got the best player on the field, Keishon Bouti, on the offensive side of the football, doesn't really matter. It's throwing him the ball. He's unguardable. Um, and Brian Kelly teams, I mean, you know, obviously it's his first year of the rebuild, but they pretty much kind of accelerate quickly yeah. in his early stages of rebuilds. We saw it at Notre Dame, yeah. Cincinnati a while ago. Yep. They were pretty good almost immediately. So obviously it's a new coach, but it's Brian Kelly, a guy I trust a lot. And Notre Dame, That's fair. Yeah. honestly, in the beginning of the seasons previously, they're pretty good. Last year they were not. Last, last year was tough. Were, last, last year, year they was, were bunts. Last year was tough to watch them early in the season. <laughs> Florida State, obviously that was the Toledo ugly. game. Yep, Toledo. Yeah, that was bad. And um, obviously, getting their bus kicked by Cincinnati. Well, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, that was that was without question. Um, Mike went with Florida State, and I'm going to go with Florida State as well. Uh, uh, they beat Duquesne by 40 points, and and Duquesne's a, a really solid uh, F- FCS school. Boy, I hope so. Um, well, they beat Ohio last year. That's what I'm saying. Jordan Travis looked really good. The defense played phenomenally. I think Mike Norvell finally has found his groove a little bit. And I don't want to speak too soon because it's been a rough tenure for him. Uh, he loses out on Travis Hunter, the, the number one recruit in the nation to uh, HBCU. Uh, he did lose it to Deion Sanders, though. So It's tough. It's, it's tough. Time. I don't know. For some reason, I'm liking the underdogs early this season. I don't know if that's just because... I feel like everybody's kind of just trying to feel out these teams. There's a lot of change over yeah. over the summer, over the spring. Coaches moving, transfers, get the new NIL stuff, um, conference realignment. And I feel, like, I feel like everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. And so I'm just going to trust my gut here. My first instinct when I saw a line was Florida State plus three. Give it to me. Uh, I think Florida State could legitimately win this game. It's going to be tough um, uh, going to LSU and, and doing so. But if they can... I think this is a, a turning of the page for uh, an FSU program that was once one of the best in the in the country. I will say this. I think playing in week zero helps Florida yes, State 100%. a lot. Yes. We see this in college basketball. When teams have to play in the play-in games of their respective you know conference tournaments, they do so much better yeah. because they start to get hot. So, you know, in certain conference tournaments, you could have teams with, like, a double bye. Yep. And so they're sitting and waiting for a team who's just won two games in a row against teams that they probably weren't supposed to beat. So they're coming in with more confidence than they've had all season and playing as well as they have all season. And that is tough to, you yep. know, compete with. So when you're going up against a team who's already played, they've already worked, it, worked out all the kinks in week zero, they're not as rusty as you. Yep. They're going to come at you That's and exactly punch right. you in the mouth in the first half of the game. And that's what I think could happen. Um We'll see. Uh, it, it all comes down to, is Mike Norvell actually a decent head coach or is he just uh, uh, an asshat? And <laughs> I, I really don't Maybe know. he's a great guy, though. I mean, He probably is a great guy. All right, let's cross our fingers. Yeah. He's just an asshat of a head coach. 
Hey, it is what it is. I know Florida State fans brought him out after the <laughs> Travis Hunter flip. Um, they also wanted to kill Deion Sanders. So. Florida State grad. That's kind of a bad look. Yeah, I know. Oh, you want to go to the underdogs? Absolutely. Who do you want to do? Uh, we'll talk about Mike's. You want to talk about Mike's first? Um, so the Ohio Bobcats are playing at home this uh, this weekend, Saturday, 6 o'clock. Uh, nobody's going to be able to watch it because I believe it's on ESPN+. Plus. I don't know. I, yeah, that sounds right. Maybe CBS Sports Network. Um, FAU is coming in to uh, to take on the Bobbies. And if I'm being frank, Mike likes to pick Ohio quite a bit. Um, yeah. I think he picked him until it hit last year. And he's an idiot. Because, yeah, he's a chucklehead. Because we're probably going to lose this game handedly by be smart to make 35 points. Not only did Florida Atlantic play week zero, not only did they win by about... Tw- it, was, what? it was 40 points. They won, they won 43-13. Oh, my God. Not only did they win by, like, 29 points, um, but we're terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, they were also only a seven-point favorite in that game. Yeah. Also, lost our starting running back, O'Shawn Allison, for the season. It is what it is. I really don't know why Mike is picking this game. Um, I... I I heard you say I was tempted to make FAU my lock. I really was. I heard this free money. It's free money. Anybody out there that's that's listening or that's watching, if you take FAU, that is literally free money. I, I yeah, don't know how more obvious I can get. Uh, do you want to make your pick now? I was stunned by that line. I was like, three? <laughs> three to half? It. That's how much it moved? It moved like a point? Yeah. That's it? After the week zero game? Good God. Uh, my pick, North Texas going up against SMU. Um Listen, SMU has to replace a coach. I think it was Sonny Dykes. Yep. Who went to TCU. Um, Great head coach. Obviously, they started. They were a really good team last year, but let's be frank, they dragged ass. You know what I mean? They started dragging ass towards the end of the year. Yeah. Lost some games they probably A lot of have. those American teams did. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was ugly. Uh, Houston had no business getting into that MAC championship. Nope. But they did. Um, North Texas, as far as they're concerned, listen, they played week zero. Not only did they play week zero, they dominated a game that was a pick 'em. Dominated. Yeah. Won by like yeah. three or four scores. It's at home. I love picking home underdogs. You have the energy. This is the home opener for that team going up against a team that probably has, you know, a bit of, it's a much bigger brand, much better football tradition. Obviously, guys like Eric Dickerson went to SMU. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's huge game for North Texas. They have a chip on their shoulder. SMU is kind of the big brother. They don't play every year, but you know what I mean, yep. within the state. Um, so they've got a lot to play for, and they're very sharp. Played fantastic week zero. Yep. SMU, meanwhile, has had a long off season. New head coach. They're just working into things, and I think they're going to come in to North Texas, and they're going to get stunned. Yeah, and... I like I you know I kind of like that one uh, eleven it gets you it gets you enough for the yep. three points three points if it hits um, I and, saw and that that's and a I, pretty it's a pretty nice cover number too yeah I saw that and I thought about it and I was like oh my god that I really like that <laughs> I saw someone say that um, SMU finally realized that they can they can give recruits money legally and it's only a matter of time before they're a powerhouse in college football yeah maybe hey maybe. <laughs> um, I'm going to take the exact opposite approach of you. Uh, I'm taking a team that didn't play week zero and is traveling across the country into three time zones over. I'm taking the Bowling Green Falcons plus 23 and a half traveling to UCLA to take on the Bruins. Um, Listen, they were able to do it last year against Minnesota. And, Why not? And, Why I, and this Bowling Green team returns a lot of talent. Um, they have one of the best linebacker duos in the country. Um, it's just... 
if they don't, if they aren't able to win, I think it's a very, very plausible chance that they cover, um, which means I get at least one point. Um, so it's either a four or a one. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, it my first way. my first underdog pick, it, it, the best I can do is, is two points. <laughs> and you know what? If I get that, I get that. It, it is Right now, I'm kind of just trying to tr- trying to chip away. Um, I'm not trying to go for the home run, although if this hits, it's a huge home run. That is. Um, four points. Do I think Bowling Green can win? Probably not. Do I think they can cover? Absolutely. Um, so I'm really, I'm really just picking this for the one point. It was, it was actually one of my favorite lines. Um, if you're just going straight up by the spread, if you're not looking for actual money line, uh, this is a game that I, I probably would have picked Bowling Green uh, plus the twenty three and a half points. Hmm. I like it. Mike's lock. Alabama minus forty one and a half at home against Utah State. Wow, real diamond in the rough there, Mike. The <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide. I've never even heard of them. We were talking about this before before the show started, and it was and it was like it was like you know I, I think this number is a little bit inflated because Utah State only won by eleven against UConn, but we were talking about we love what Jim Moore's done so far at UConn. I mean, in just one off season, and yeah. his players. They've seemingly already bought in. They looked like they actually wanted to be there on the field. It looked like a good football game. You it know did. what I mean? Exactly. And so and so, we feel like Utah State's now getting a, a little bit uh, of a disfavor because of that. Um, also, we mentioned with Alabama, if they take their starters out, this very easily could be a backdoor cover for Utah State. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like... It's not even a, like you have to anticipate that. You know what I mean? You can't be like, oh, well, Alabama took out their starters at halftime. No shit. Exactly. They're up by 35. You know what I mean? Like, what do you want from them? So, so Mike made two really questionable picks. <laughs> really I don't know. Give me Alabama. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care what the number is. It could be 100. He, he, originally, he originally wanted to lock an underdog. <laughs> I was like, Come like on, you, Mike. you can't what do that. You can't. And then he wanted to make it what he wanted to lock West Virginia as his underdog. I was like, Mike, we already picked that game. Like what? what are we doing, Mike? Oh, well. Uh, it's just Mike being Mike. Okay, you want to talk about your lock? Yeah, I have South Carolina minus 12 and a half at home against Georgia State. This was almost an unbelievable eye-popping line to me. I was like, wait a minute. You're telling me not only... <laughs> Spencer Rattler. Yeah, Spencer Rattler. Obviously, that fantastic tight end from Sean, was it? Was it Sean Beamer? I always forget the, the his coach's name. coach's name? Yes. Shane Beamer? Shane maybe? Beamer. That's what it is. Um... They have so much momentum going on with this program right now. The coach posting those hype videos. The program seems absolutely bought in. They were playing well towards the end of the last season. Cock commander. Defense was really good. Cock commander, obviously. Um, and now with the quarterback of Spencer Rattler, who, by the way, you know, wasn't as bad as we remember him being yeah. at Oklahoma. It's just Oklahoma has crazy high expectations, exactly. as they should. Right? I mean, they've had two Heisman Trophy winners and Jalen Hurts, who was a second-round pick to the Eagles. So, as they should, obviously Caleb Williams was that guy. But Spencer Rattler, everyone loves to hate him because he was so cocky in high school and stuff like that. Well, she did deserve the hate. Yeah, sure. Um, But at the end of the day, he has all the talent in the world. I think he realizes it. I do, too. I do, too. And going to a school like South Carolina, the expectations are a little bit lower. I think it's a good good fit for them. I think South Carolina is going to have a great year. I said that on the prediction show. You said 10-2, right? 10-2, and 9-3. and three. You said 10-2, and two, and now I'm like, eh. That's <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> SEC schedule. <laughs> you know I, mean? I don't know. Um, defense is going to mesh well because it's a great defense. I think they played Georgia pretty well for the first half. Uh, it's going to mesh well with 
two absolute studs on the offensive side of the ball. So I think South Carolina is going to be a really great team this year. They're playing a Team Georgia State. I understand they were good within their conference. They made some noise against Auburn, apparently. But at the end of the day, Auburn kind of sucked. Quite frankly, it's a group of five team, and a group of five team not even in, like, a very good group of five conference. And they're going at South Carolina. The Sun Belt is... One of the worst conferences no, in Division it's, One football. It's making it's making a move up. Like I'm telling you, this, the Sun Belt Conference okay. is so it goes. It's better than the MAC. The Sun Belt. Well, that's because you're a hater. Right <laughs> the way it goes is American, Mount West, Sun Belt. So I think in that order, but I do think that the Sun Belt is on the on the on the way to take uh, take the MAC or the Mount West con- or spot as number two. And with every, with everybody the Americans losing, I think you could see the Sun Belt really realistically make a jump up. So it's third of five. You know what I mean? Right? Isn't that fair? Third of the Did group you not of just five? hear what I said, though? They're making ju- jump up. I better hope so, because 12 and a half at South Carolina. Why is it 12 and a half? Is that, does that not make you think that, oh, Vegas yeah. knows something that I don't? That does, it does kind of scare me. I'm not going to lie. That's why I was like, wait a minute. What in the world is going on here when I first saw this line? Because, like, all the other group of five teams going at, you know, at least a very solid. Let me just remind you that Ohio State is a 17-point favorite against Notre Dame. Yeah, seriously, it's crazy. All of the other group of five teams going at an, well, not established, but at least at the very it's least. It's 20 points. You know, capable. Yes, it's 20 points. The average line for a game like this is 20, 25 points. Central Michigan, at, or is it Western at, at, at Michigan State? It's, it's 22. 23 now. Oh, it moved up to 23. So. It opened as a 20 point. And even that, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'll give you an example. Buffalo at Maryland. Maryland's a 24 point favorite. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same thing with the Bowling Green line. All of those lines are just like. 20 points, 23 points, yada, yada, yada. South Carolina, meanwhile, is a 12-and-a-half point favorite. What are we doing? Got one, had one of the best off seasons in college football. Seems like free money. Maybe it's a trap game. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm locking South Carolina, and I think they win easily. 21. Do you think, do you think you're, you're going to have better luck with your locks to start the season this year? Um. Yeah, I mean, listen, I had a tough year to start with luck, and I mean brutal. Not only was it like they weren't hitting and it was unlucky, it was like I was just dead wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> About like 10 teams in a row. It's like, what am I, what can I do here? But uh, at the end of the day, all you can do is just pick teams that you like the most within sure. each week. Yep. You know what I mean? And I love this number and this line and overall the South Carolina team. So it feels like free money to me. Well, that's because I took your first favorite pick, and of course, uh, yep. when I saw this, my first reaction was, are you kidding me? This is it? Houston is only four-point favorites going to UTSA. This is a team that was, yes, good last year in the Roadrunners, but they lost their one of their best players, maybe if not their best and player, their head coach. in Sincere McCormick. No, Jeff Trailer's still there. He's still there? Yeah, he signed a, a 10-year extension oh. for like for like $8 million or something like that. It was just a hair under, or it was just oh, I'm over a million a year, something like that. Um, but this Houston team with Dana Holgerson, I mean, I think they're going to be. I, get, I think they're going to be seriously. They're going to be last year's Cincinnati in terms of they're going to be a top ten team at some point this season. I think they legitimately are going to be that good. Um, I have them going undefeated eleven and one. You know that's how good I think they're going to be. And so if you're telling me that it's that you're that they're only getting four points uh, traveling to a team that they are clearly better than in, in every way, shape, and or form. Um, <laughs> I just I don't know how this is only minus four. I don't know how it's only four points. I was expecting, like, if you gave this to me earlier, I was eight, eight and a half, nine, somewhere in that range. Four? I I told you this. I said, 
even last year's Houston team, even if this game was played last year at UTSA, I would have expected this line to be 11, 14, something like that. Yeah. Um, in, in favor of Houston, because listen, as good as UTSA was at the first, you know, part of that they season, were they were so terrible. Bad. They lost so forty-five bad. to twenty-three to Northern Texas. Barely beat yeah. US, uh, UAB. UAB in a game they should have lost. South Mississippi, uh, Mississippi, Southern Mississippi. They were abysmal last year. Yeah, Utsa beat them by ten. Yeah. By ten that at was, home. That was a rough game. That was Frank Gore. That was, the that was, Fra- game. was it Frank Gore Jr.? That was his his crazy game where he had like a hundred and thirty yards. <laughs> I was like, I remember watching. I was like, I was like. Can you stop him? Maybe. Oh, my God. They got their tails kicked by South San Diego State in the bowl game. Yep. And now they're going up against this Houston, a nationally ranked Houston team. At UTSA, I get all that. But at the end of the day, Houston's going to be a premier group of five team. Yep. And UTSA is going to come back down to earth a little bit. Yep. I think Houston wins this game handedly. 17? Uh, yeah, was, it's going to be double digits. Um, it's just a matter of whether it's in the 10s or the 20s. Mm. I mean... <laughs> Vegas, Vegas made some questionable lines this week, and uh, I feel like they. I don't know if they have like these inside sources. Well, they definitely have inside sources. I don't know if they they're telling them stuff that that's not publicly known or what. Yeah, but I'll, I'll say eighty percent of the public's betting on Houston minus four. So I don't know. I don't know, folks. As they I should think be. As the, they should be. The big games that we picked, they made really good lines. They I made really fantastic did. lines. Seventeen is really tough for Oregon and Georgia for both for both way. games for both games. Seventeen I, for Ohio State's a little more a little more fathomable. I don't know with Georgia's offense how you realistically make that seventeen points unless you think that Georgia is going to hold Oregon to like ten. Yeah, yeah, that's right. true. It is what it is. You good? Absolutely. Well. We got the first weekend of college football coming up. I'm excited. Obert's excited. We're going to watch as many games as we possibly can. Uh, we're going to catch. It's going to be weird because we're going to catch the first half, or at least I am. I'm going to catch the first half of Oregon and, and the Cincinnati games. I'm going to catch those. Um, and then we have, by the way, uh, Florida State LSU is Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only Sunday game. And then Utah's at 7. Ohio State, um, Notre Dame's at 7.30. We'll be at the Ohio FAU game. And so we're going to miss the first half of that game, probably catch the second half, if not you know, um, the maybe the back end of the first half of that Ohio State-Notre Dame game. So we'll try to have our most comprehensive uh, look for our takeaways. It just might not be um, as good as, as, we, as you would hope because we just won't be able to be tuned in. Yep. Know? It's it's our one of two home non-con games that we get. Yep. And it's going to be a blackout at night. It's going to be awesome, so we can't miss it. Yeah, we got to make it work. And we will. And we, we will. will. We will. You you don't worry about it, okay? Um, That's it. Thank you guys for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Catch you on the flip. See ya.